Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 191. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's going on, buddy? Uh, Vaccines are coming, buddy. They're coming. My wife's got hers scheduled. Mom, dad, in-laws scheduled. Not me. I'm a blog boy. So like this last (laughs) bottom of the barrel for this guy. But uh, whatever. Everyone else around me is getting them. So thumbs up wins. Wins are coming. Yeah, absolutely. Feels that feels good because I know you were talking about recently on one of the pods where it seemed like you know Canada was a little bit behind. So getting that back on on track and getting people eligible is great. I thankfully I work at a school, so I was able to get mine already, which I was pumped about. But like my younger sister has a one uh, her first shot scheduled for tomorrow because. Um, you know, I think it's 16 plus now here in New York, which is awesome. So, uh, super excited that we seem to be trending in the right direction at this point. It's still a ways to go, but trending very much so in the right direction. Yeah, again, wins after almost two years now of straight up L's. Losing streak is starting. To, we're trending upwards, baby. Absolutely. So that's definitely a good start. But uh, you got something for us, right, Mitch? Yeah, so this podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Food Lines, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you're doing something good for your body. We start, that is the Cacao Bliss, with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Uh, then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil. I don't know what that is, but they, they, they clearly do. Coconut Himalayan sea salt. Oh, that sounds delicious. Cinnamon and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilty, sorry, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to paleo. It's gluten-free for people like you, Matt. Let's go. Keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For the last eight years, we, that is the Cacao Bliss, uh, have been a leader in superfoods market and a pr- are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. And they're offering up to 15% off when you use code MINUTE, I believe it's MINUTE15. So if you use code MINUTE15 when you buy this uh, chocolate mix, so it's like a, a drink mix uh, from earthechofoods.com slash minute media. So head there earthechofoods.com slash minute media and use the promo code minute 15 to get 15% off your order. There you go. Uh, that sounds tremendous. I am all in on that. So super pumped. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. Like the, the mix of all that is very inter- interesting. I like the, the sea salt ad. Ever, ever had those like chocolates with just sea salt in it? Oh yeah, that's that's the goods. <sighs> Bomb. They threw that one in and I was like sold already. Count me in. So let's hop into this episode, Mitch, 191. So trade deadline wasn't as exciting on trade deadline day for the Islanders because they got most of their stuff, honestly, an hour before we recorded last week. So we broke down the Palmieri trade, the Zajac trade and stuff like that. But overall, uh, in the NHL, it ended up being a pretty entertaining trade deadline. Yeah, like most of the stuff happened the night before, not only just for the Islanders, but like things happened and the entertainment level was really 
less of like, oh my god, this player went there, in, in so much as like, or, or more so like, oh my god, this is what they got for this player? What? Yeah, uh, a lot of, I don't know, I guess shocking. The one that sticks out to me is the Taylor Hall trade. Absolutely. So how do we want to break break this down? Do we want to break down the Isles picks? Or, I mean, not picks, sorry. Trades, the, the two that they did, the three players they picked up, to say, like, was that good? Was it too expensive? And then maybe we can look at, like, the rest of the division real quick. Yeah, no, totally. That that makes a ton of sense. So let's do that. We'll start with the New York Islanders. And obviously, the big one we talked about last week was the Travis Jack and the Kyle Palmieri trades. And the Islanders gave up a first, two-fourths, Mason Yost. One-fourth. One-fourth, excuse me. Uh, Mason Yopes and the other prospect was... AJ Greer. Thank you. I know I was missing him. That's fine. So, like, we, we've had time to, like, sit on, on that trade. Like, has it devalued at all or gained in value since the trade? I'm still I'm still at the same. Uh, I know their first two games weren't great. They t- definitely took a step forward in their uh, third game with the New York Islanders. And, uh, like, my... My opinion hasn't changed. They brought in a player in Palmieri who's good on the power play, can play a top six role, even though he's playing on the third line right now, but just a, a player who can pop in 20, 25 goals, which is what they needed. And Zajac was just add stability number one. And on top of that, just another face-off guy, uh, which is something they could at times struggle with. Yeah, big upgrade over Leo Komarov right there, right? Because he's playing on the top line. I'm with you. It does not change my grade on that beauty trade they gave up very little like yes they gave up a first round pick but like that first round pick is worth what if they especially if they go all the way right um but even if they don't what is it really worth to to us yes our prospect pool isn't really deep but at this point we're we're competing for cups so this is what you have to give up to compete for cups and we did so by bringing in two pieces we didn't just bring in nick felino because he's a good character guy and you got to pay for that i hate that argument so much but when it is what it is. But other than that, they traded for Braden Coburn of the Ottawa Senators. They sent a 2022 seventh round pick to Ottawa for him. Thoughts? That's basically free. The, the, yeah. I, the, <laughs> ver, the, I care very little about a 2022 seventh round pick. And I know he's not like he's not great. I don't expect him to play a whole lot. But if need be, I mean, he does have a ton of playoff experience under his belt. Yeah, that that's exactly it. This is basically future considerations given to the Ottawa Senators for a guy who can step into the lineup and play minutes. He's played, I think it was 19 games for the Ottawa Senators this year. I just don't have the, that up with me right now. Uh, but it was 19 games for the Ottawa Senators this year. 16. 16, sorry. I added an extra three. And he averaged a decent amount of minutes with them. Sure enough, they weren't real good uh, because of the Ottawa Senators. But like he was there to help the kids mature. It wasn't necessarily like, we brought you in so we could win. Uh, if we do, great. But if we don't, whatever. Um, and then he's going to come come to us and give us that, that Stanley Cup pedigree, right? Because he won a cup just last year. Sure, he only played three games for them Tampa Bay Lightnings, but he was still there to do exactly what we brought him in to do. Give us coverage so that if Noah Dobson goes out for a little bit or Adam Pellick has to fall out for a little bit, you can step in or, or whoever else, you can step in and play a role for 16, 18 minutes a night. Yeah, exactly. I don't anticipate him. Like earlier in his career, sure, he was a guy who could play 20 plus minutes. The last few years of his career, this year he was 1625, last year 1403, 1607, 1601. So this is a bottom pair guy or I mean he's a seventh defenseman. That's that's what he is at this point in his career and the Islanders gave up a seventh round pick not in this year's draft class but in next year's draft which as you said is basically a futures aka nothing. We don't care. Yeah, this is as little value as you can possibly give without actually giving nothing. Uh, maybe they could have gone further back out, but now you're talking about like marginal less value. Is the words I want to use? Uh, there's nothing to this. This is really just, and I saw a lot of people going like, oh my God, why? Like, this is nothing. This is basically the equivalent of them signing Dennis Eidenberg the other, like a couple of years back. He didn't play, yeah. but they signed him like, just in case we've got you. Yeah, this is insurance policy. This is exactly. in case the worst case scenario happens, we don't have to play Sebastian Ajo. Right. And then and that's the thing, right? When you look at the Islanders roster, 
every team going into the playoffs needs defensive depth. And the one thing the Islanders have is a strong blue line. So like you're you're not going to be bringing in a guy who's going to kick someone else out. That's just no. not how it's going to work. So you're bringing in a guy who you might play, who's comfortable and is willing to come, you know, to like not play at all. And this is one of those guys. This is what we were always going to get. Yeah, 100%. And like Andy Green's up there in age, so if he gets banged up and has to miss time, like you'd feel okay about him stepping up into Andy Green's role. And like that's the thing. You, we don't need to see this guy play like I said the the 20 plus minutes a night that's not what he's brought in for it's an insurance policy in policy so that you don't have to rely on a younger player like Ahu who has I don't know you could probably count on your hands and toes how many games he's played in the NHL just about exactly so not not someone you want to and well not not someone you don't want to but not someone Barry Trotz is going to trust uh when you go into the playoffs especially deeper in the playoff series right so um, yeah, this is a fine move, and they gave up nothing. So they gave up a first, a fourth, conditional fourth. If they make the Stanley Cup Finals, it becomes a third uh, in 2022, right? So that's not even this year. That's next year, so already not very valuable. Um, and they give up two prospects that really, honestly, are kickers. The prospects mean nothing in this trade. This just allows the Islanders to stay under the 50-contract limit. That's all it was for. Yeah, they're both older pro- prospects, too. Uh, and you're using the term prospects loosely, aren't they 25 and 27? Exactly. So exactly. come on. They're, they're, AHL, they're AHL players at this point. Yeah. I, they're not prospects. They're AHL players. Right. Again, they were moved only because we were bringing in two contracts. That's it. So they add no value to this aside from, like, well, we were now able to sign Ken Appleby to that contract that they signed him to, which is essentially expansion draft fodder. And they were able to bring in Braden Coburn, and stick at the 50 contract limit. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's yeah, that why w- they were moved. So we gave up a first, a conditional fourth, and a seventh for top six forward. Essentially, what is it now? Another top six forward. So two top six forwards, and one is pretty aging, and, and a depth defenseman. That's pretty damn good. No, that that is good value. I'm completely fine with what Lou Lamarillo decided to do. And then, like, I know when people saw what Taylor Hall went for, and we'll get to that in a little bit, people were like, oh, well, why'd you take on Zajac if you could have just flipped and and did that? And, like, a part of me, like, I get it, but at the same time, I'm not going to kill Lamarillo for what he was able to get. Like, he, he, that, to me, this trade he made makes more sense than going out and getting Taylor Hall. That's just not on brand for Lou. No. So maybe we should we should transition that way and start and talk about the rest of the division real quick. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe go over like one trade per team type of thing or just an encapsulate how that team did. When you look at the Boston Bruins, they got the guy they wanted and the guy they wanted wanted to go there, which is a big thing. Like everyone is clamoring for like we should have gone after Taylor Hall. And you're going, well, two things. He didn't seem to want to come. And two, is he really that good still? Like, I'm sure he's fine, but is he heart level player? No. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But uh, what he went for in the trade was essentially very little. It was very little. Uh, absolutely. So let me just bring it up here. Um, if I can, I'm just scrolling to search for it. So Taylor Hall goes to the Boston Bruins along with Curtis Lazar for a 2021 second round pick and Anders Bjork. Awful trade from the, the Sabre side. So, and, and like... That's all they can get, right? Because it was Taylor Hall's like, I'm going to Boston. That's the only place you can trade me to. Which they they, they capped themselves off, right? Because they gave him a full new move clause. What are you Stupid. doing? If you, um, I can't explain how dumb they are. Because one, we all called that this was going to be a deadline flip when he signed the one-year deal. Everyone in the world knew that. But they signed him to a no-move clause. Like, if you're going to sign, why would you sign someone on a one-year deal and then give him a no move. If you like, there's no possible out. That's so stupid. So dumb. I, they were so so adamant that it was gonna work, and and I thought it might work too, right? Like I in my fantasy draft, I picked up uh, Jack Eichel, who is not playing anymore uh, nope. this season, and I was gonna try to get Taylor Hall, and uh, I'm glad I didn't. Uh, but either way, so Boston gets their guy. We'll see if that works out for them. I'm not so sure because the thing with Taylor Hall is that we know he can't drive a line and they're going to be asking him to drive a line. So not so great there. Yeah, to me, that still screams like they're going to be very top heavy. That top line is going to be phenomenal. But then after that, I'm not so positive. Right. 
Uh, so then Buffalo Sabres, well, the Buffalo Sabres didn't bring in much, right? Like they brought in Anders Bjork, um, but they, they sold off a lot, which makes sense because they're one of the worst teams in the NHL this year. Uh, but we still have games left up against them. So bonus points for us. Like there's a back-to-back later in May against the Buffalo Sabres for the Islanders. So that sounds great to us. Yeah, 1000%. Gotta, gotta love that for sure. Um, and I'm just trying to remember alphabetical order. I can't really do it. But uh, New Jersey Devils didn't really bring in anything, right? They lost nope. Palmieri. They lost Zajac. Sammy Votnin went out on waivers, and he was claimed by Dallas. So a lot of loss there in, in New Jersey. But they've got the pieces to rebuild, so mm-hmm. I, I think they're fine. Yeah, they, they're they fine. They're not going to be competitive this year, maybe not even next year, but just down. they're kicking the can down the road in this rebuild. Yeah, and they, they've got good guys like Jack Eichel, Nico Heischer, right? So they're, they're going to be carrying the team going forward. Jack, Jack Smith, Hughes. Jack Hughes. What did I say? <laughs> you said Jack Eichel. I was like, I got confused for a second. I was like, wait, are we talking about the Sabres? Or, and then, oh my God. Sorry. You didn't see the trade, Matt? <laughs> uh, That's probably funny. one of the only teams who could afford it. Uh, and then the, the Rangers didn't really do much, right? They, they let go of Brendan Lemieux, who's just really not really great in the room and they brought in Zach Jones who is probably not ready for the NHL yet but we'll see where that goes yeah definitely I'm with you there I don't think he's ready um Pittsburgh Penguins get Jeff Carter (laughs) what do you think about that I don't know I don't know how much how much does he have left in the tank and he has another year on his deal another year on his deal uh I don't know if he's got much left in the tank uh, this is a very Derek Broussard level trade for them, right? Remember when they, yeah. they actually went out to Ottawa and picked up Derek Broussard? So is he going to um, play third line center for them? I don't know about that. So there's a lot of talk about him playing with Sidney Crosby, right? Because they have that connection. They've played together at, at the international level. So it's possible that he's, he lines up with Sidney Crosby. Because that's one of the big things with Sidney Crosby is that whenever they bring someone in, it just doesn't mesh. Well, it has meshed with Jeff Carter in the past. So maybe they could get this to work now. Maybe, but man, that team is just holding on for like dear life for that window. They're they're old. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. I don't think they're the oldest though. I think the Washington Capitals are the oldest team in the league by like just average age. Gotcha. Because um, yes, yeah, Jeff Carter is not coming in as no spring chicken, right? Like he's thirty six years old. I think he turns. He just turned thirty six in January. Um, and like he's not having a great year by his standards at 19 points in 40 games. Yeah, no. No, does that turn around when you play with Sidney Crosby? <laughs> we'll see. I would assume so. Yeah. So uh, after that, Philadelphia Flyers really didn't bring anything in. Sold off some pieces. Uh, Michael Raffle is gone, uh, and they, they they lost another player of not not big consequence there. So, oh, I forgot the Devils brought in Jonas Siegenthaler. Whatever. Anyways. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, that's a needle mover right there. Uh, but yeah, the Philadelphia Flyers, they can say what they want. Like, they're still in the mix for a playoff spot, but I, I wouldn't see them as, like, factoring, right? Did you, do you think they're one of the four teams that make it into the playoffs this year? Probably not. I don't see it either. No way. Like, they're going to tell themselves, like, our, t- our GM believes in us. That's why they didn't bring anyone else in. Nope. Keep telling yourself that. That's not how this is working. Yeah, I don't think so, man. No. <laughs> Uh, and then Washington, I think, is the last one. I'm, I might be omitting a team here. Uh, Washington made a big trade, a big one. Yes, they did. They said goodbye to Jacob Vrana and brought in a new shiny toy. Yeah, they brought in Anthony Mantha, lost Vrana, Ponick, a first and a second next year. <sighs> wow. That's a lot. That is a lot. For a guy who's playing well, right? Like, Mantha plays well. He's already got points for them, right? I think he put up two points in his first game for them, so that's great. Um, but he's got term, right? They picked up a guy who's got another three years at five and a, five point seven left on his deal. Um, that's that's a lot of money they just picked up for a guy that might not necessarily be an upgrade on Jacob Vrana. They're they're similar. They really are. They, but he did score twenty five goals a couple of years ago, so maybe they're hanging on to that. That's just it. And, like, this guy isn't 30 years old, right? Like, you're, you're talking about, yeah, Anthony Mantha, who's 26 years old. Like, the, he's he's young. He's big, though. 6'5", 196. And he can score 25 goals? 
The only thing that I'm thinking about with this trade is I keep on thinking Martin Hansel. When the Minnesota Wild went and got Martin Hansel and they paid like a first plus to get him and it did nothing because they thought, big guy, not super old. This is going to be great for us. It very much was not. No, that did not end well. So I, I'm not. If Steve Eisenman is willing to move this guy, already alarm bells should be ringing. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. That's a good point. You got to know who you're dealing with. And if someone's trying to sell you, like a good GM's trying to sell you a piece, you got a little red flag has to go up. Yeah, and then you give <laughs> two players. Sure, one's expiring in Richard Panic, but like, you know, there's a possibility there. He did well in, in uh, Chicago that one year. True. At first and a second, more like red alerts all over the place should be going off with this trade. You'd think. Like if they win a cup this year, it's all worth it. Sure, of course. Is he going to be the one that pushes them over the edge? I I have my doubts. I really do. I would be surprised. Like, they have suspect goaltending again this year, so I would be... This is not... I don't think it's going to be the one that's going to be like, the final piece of the jigsaw for our second cup in three years. I don't know yeah. why they're pirates all of a sudden. Arg. Yeah, or second cup in four years, right? They, 20... St. Louis, Tampa, right? Yeah, yeah you're right. Okay. And that, that's basically it that happened in, in our division in terms of like the big trades. I think the one big question for, for you that I've got is, do you think that there's any team in our division that got scarier? Is there any team now after the trades that you're like, oh, damn, I worried about that team. They make me scarred as a, maybe not scarred. I, I can't do it like Wilbon does it. Um, Not really, no. That's how I come away from it. Like the Jeff Carter thing, when I immediately went, I thought, oh my God, Jeff Carter. And then I was like, well, he is 36 and he's got half a point per game at best. That's rounding up. Mm, yeah. I'm not I that mean, worried. I mean, I, I like the move for Washington, but I don't know if it's like, oh my God, like now they're definitely the front runners. I, I don't know. They're, they were already good to begin with and maybe they got a little bit better, but it's not like... I don't know. It's not enough for me to say, oh, my God, they are clearing away the, the front runners now in this division. That's the thing, because right? no one really got outside of ourselves clear upgrades on the players that they replaced. Like you said, Vrana and Mantha were basically replaceable, the, kind of the same player. Maybe they got a short term upgrade with uh, with Mantha, but like they, they certainly lost in the long term. Uh, but no one else out there was like, that's a clear upgrade. But then you look at the Islanders and you're going, Travis Zajac is a huge upgrade over Leo Komarov. And yes. Kyle Palmieri is going to be a huge upgrade over the combination of Michael Dalcole, Ross Johnston, and whoever, uh, the, the burnt husk that is Kiefer Bellows right now because, like, man, poor kid just can't get a break. No. So, like, that that is huge upgrades for the Islanders. So if any team in this division got remotely better or scarier, it's certainly the Islanders. Yeah, agree with probably Washington as the second team for me but I don't think it's to the level that the Islanders improved their roster yeah, just think of that Boston got Taylor Hall and we're like we didn't even talk about them I mean I think he I think he'll be better than what he was in Buffalo for sure but that's again it's not he's not the player that he was in Jersey even a couple of years ago when he was in the conversation for best player in the league no I, I don't I yeah I'm right there with you I really don't think this works out for Boston at all uh, I'll, I'll gladly have a pie thrown in my face, and that that's really bad for me because I hate pie. Um, <laughs> but you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I really don't think this works out for them. But hopefully it works for you, Boston. I say, you know, sarcastically. With that, let's transition and get into some projections. And what I mean by projections is the Islanders just passed. Well, they actually played 42 games, but the, this past week they also played 41, which normally is the halfway point in a season. Not this year because it's a shortened season, but in an 82-game season, we're roughly at the halfway point. So what we wanted to do is look at a, a, a key few players, some good, some bad, and talk about where they would be if you were to just essentially you know, double their production almost um, to a full season. So who's someone that you'd like to start with, Mitch? Well, I guess Matthew Barzell, let's start right up top, right? Like the guy's on pace for 72 points over a year, which isn't, no one's going to be like, oh my God, that's amazing. But that's really good considering where he was last year. That's an extra 10 points on the year. And that's also factoring in that little lull that he had uh, a couple of weeks back where he wasn't doing anything. Yeah, actually, that's a great point. 
when you put it like that, 1,000%, because, as you said, for that reason, uh, of his cold streak, and now you would assume that could go up over the next, how many games are left? 14 games? Yeah, and, like, you got to remember, first off, I'm going to save this. i got two things to say on Barzal specifically, and he's playing right now, but I'm going to save it for the social, so I'm just going to tease it a little bit. Okay. Um, But... There, there's a lot of factors that can get, that can go into his game that can help him improve. Kyle Palmieri being one of them. Not just because of him, but there's an extra player to riff off of that's bringing that goal-scoring talent that Matthew Barzal desperately needs around him. All due credit to Leo Komarov, he is not Kyle Palmieri. Or, or even Travis Zajac, for that reason, who's on like a 40-point pace this year. Yeah, that valid point, Mitch. That That's a good point. So... um yeah, but Barzal's numbers being what they are, I think is a good sign. I would, I'm absolutely signing up for a 70 point Matt Barzal. What do you got? What, what, which one are you looking at? Uh, I'm gonna stick with the forwards. There's obviously a mortar that we're gonna get to. Uh, the the guy I want to talk about is JG Pajot. He had he's played only 41 games this year, so he did miss one game. 24 points, split even, 12 goals, 12 assists. So on pace for 47 points. Um, that's really damn good from a third line center. And the depth scoring he's been able to give the Islanders this year is huge. He's been tremendous. Third line center, second line center, first line left wing. Like he's been all over the place and has been nothing but consistent. Yeah, absolutely. So I look at what he's done this year and, and again, uh, pretty much at a half a season sample. And if you were to double that and tell me that you can sign up for you know, 47 points out of your third line center and do everything else that he, he does. Like that's the thing with him. And we've talked about it a million times since they've traded for him. He's not just a third line center. He's one of the best in the game. And then on top of that, he does everything else. Power play, penalty kill. He could play on the down on the fourth line. He could play up on the top line on the wing. So he's an extremely versatile piece and probably you can make the case their most valuable player because of that. Yeah, absolutely. You can totally make the case for that. Look, they tried to do this with Josh Bailey last year, right? Be that Swiss Army guy. And and while it worked, he wasn't necessarily putting up the production because of it. Now they got a guy in Jean-Gabriel Peugeot who is a Swiss Army guy and is putting up production with it. Now you're going, all right, well, we got that versatile player that we can plug in anywhere and is going to give us a performance. That was worth it. That was a worthwhile trade and contract extension. I don't want to hear anyone say it's not. And obviously anyone listening to this probably isn't uh, unless, you know, you got some Rangers fan hate listening for some reason. Uh, and if so, you suck. Well, you, you don't. You're just not that great right now. Um, but like that would be the only thing. It's just someone trying to hate on the Islanders saying like, hey, Pasha wasn't worth it. It absolutely was worth it. Everything, the trade, the signing, it has been worth it. Absolutely. Who else do you want to get into? Uh, Brock Nelson, man. The guy's on pace for 29 goals this year. That's good. That's rounded up. But, like, you can see him hitting 30. He's never done that in his career. No, he probably would have last year if the season didn't come to a screeching halt. Exactly. So kind of the same thing, like, picked up where he left off. And Barry Trotz said that at the... It wasn't yesterday, but I believe the day before where he was talking about Brock Nelson being one of the more consistent... Uh, or it was Lou, sorry, it was Lou Lamorello. Uh, since he came in, Brock Nelson has been one of their more important players. And he's damn right. Like, Brock Nelson does a lot of work offensively and defensively for these New York Islanders. And that extra faith in him has paid off in the production charts. Like, he's not on pace to hit 50 points, but he's on pace at 49 this year, which you'll take all day, any day from Brock Nelson. Yeah, you will. And especially with the increased uh, role defensively, too. That's just it, right? So remember, like, just, what, four years ago, we're going, oh, Brock Nelson, what a terrible player. He can't show up for more than two months in the year. God, just doesn't doesn't play for, like, four of those months. Here he is, consistent player for two two years straight. Sorry, three years straight now. Just clear that coaching was the issue for the Islanders. Very clear. I want to go to the blue line with my next guy, and I want to talk about Nick Letty because he may only have one goal in the year. But he has 25 points in 42 games, just like Brock Nelson has 25 and 42. So 49-point pace for Nick Letty. Tremendous. Like, I I thought he would step up this year in the increased role, but I didn't expect it to be this much of an improvement. 
No, and that's the thing. And he needed to do this, right? Like, not yeah. to this level, like you're saying, but to do something like this, to show that he can still put up numbers and play in this system. Because with Devontae's here, we're going, well, we got a Nick Letty-like player. Why do we need you? You seem to be struggling. Now that he's in that second pair, you're going, all right, you don't have... You're not playing the minutes you used to play in the top pair, although, like, sometimes he is. Uh, but you have lower quality of competition. So you don't have to worry about being the shutdown guy and taking care of guys like Sidney Crosby all night. We're going to give that stuff to Ryan Pollock, who has excelled with it. But because of that, we now expect you to put up numbers. Not like Norris-level numbers, but numbers. He's just like, cool, how about Norris-level numbers? Yeah, well, we'll take it. We'll take it, Nick. But, like, this is great. We, we weren't expecting this much from you, and it is fantastic that it's worked out this way. Yeah, absolutely. I am beyond thrilled with what he's given the Islanders this year. So I want to stay with the forwards and look at Anthony Beauvillier and not so much as a positive. Okay. Because my, my man's on pace for uh, 20 goals, which is great, but 37 points over a year. What is Anthony Beauvillier? I, d- I don't know. It, that's the th- we are in year five of Anthony Beauvillier. That's and wild. we're still having this conversation, Mitch. I, I remember when he made the team out of camp. It felt like that was just a couple of years ago, but it was five years ago. Yeah, we don't know what he is. And he's got a contract coming up after after a proof to me like uh sorry, a proof to me bridge deal. What what are we going to what is Lou gonna do? Like, I don't know, like uh, two million, I that's less, I don't know. I don't see him getting more than three million right now, just because of how all over the place he is. That's the thing, right? Which is fine because, like, he can go off for 60 points and maybe eventually he becomes that, you know, turns into Josh Bailey for four or five years down the road. Or, sorry, for four or five years straight down the road, right? Where he puts up 50, 60 points and you're like, this is money in the bank. Uh, But as it stands now, there's nothing telling us that he can be a consistent 50 point player or at least play like a 50 point player consistently. Yes, you can tell me he's great off the puck. Cool. But at a certain point, you got to pay for numbers. And if you're not putting up numbers, then you're not going to get paid. So, like, you play defensively, play as well defensively all you want, but those aren't, that, that's just going to jack up your number to the four, five, six million dollar range. No, it's not. It definitely isn't. Specifically in this economy. No, not in this economy. Uh, I'm going to stick with forwards too and go with someone who um, has been struggling and. Maybe the the numbers don't necessarily indicate that per se, but he has, and and that's Josh Bailey. He has 24, 25 points also, so on pace for forty nine over a full season. But something just looks off with him, and especially on the power play, which we've talked about a bunch. Yeah, I, I don't get it. He's just he's slow with moving the puck. Um, his options are there, it seems, but he seems hesitant to do it. I, I to me, it seems like a systems issue. It really does. Like, Josh Bailey is a good passer. He knows how to pass the puck. So the fact that he's hesitant in doing the one thing that he's really good at really strikes me as odd. I I don't get it. Um, Hopefully that changes as we go forward. Like, they've got three days to practice. Ideally, they look at that because that's something they really need to fix. Uh, But, yeah, something's going off with my man here. Uh, Sorry, going on with my man, and I don't get it. Yeah, very weird. So I just wanted to bring that up. Well, he's... Yes, he's still almost on a 50-point pace. It's just something looks strange. Yeah. Last thing that I want to bring up is uh, when we're looking at these predictions or projections for how these players might do over a full year to give us a clear sense of how they're doing this year so far, I want to look at offense and just the number of 20-plus goal scorers that we've got on this roster right now. Uh, I'm I'm not going to tabulate these last two guys because... We have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 20 plus goal scores on the roster right now projected out over 82 games. That's good. That That's does good. not include Kyle Palmieri and Sebastian Ajo, who's on pace for 27 goals, which that doesn't really count. That's not going to work. But again, that doesn't count Kyle Palmieri. That does count Anders Lee, who's on pace for 36 goals, though. That That's true. Okay, so it kind of... It's kind of an even swap then, I guess. Essentially. But we might be keeping Kyle Palmieri, right? Like, that is something Lou Lamarillo's kind of hinted at, saying, like, I've never talked about not re-signing these guys. I don't know where you got that hint. I might re-sign these guys. And, like, if he can make the money work, he might as well just do it. I don't know. I don't know how he does that, but 
more power to him, I guess. Yeah. But when we look at that, you have offensive depth now. You've got, like, Barzi scoring 25-plus. Eberle, Nelson, that's 27-29. Pajot, 24. Could easily be higher than that. Anders Lee, 36. Oliver Wallstrom on pace for 22. That could be higher once yes. he gets that ice time up. And then you got Boa, 20. My goodness. Deep. Very like deep. That. We don't have any super, well, Barzal aside, any superstars necessarily that are like exploding off for 100 points. Uh, but we've got, you You want to close down our top line? Cool. Our second line is going to score. Oh, you're going to close them down too? Well, how about our third line? Are you going to deal with that? Just every night it could be someone that could take over. Exactly. And then once in a while you get on a fourth line night. Yeah, which is exactly what Lula, yeah, that's right. It's exactly what Lula Morello said when he took over, like, individual players win games but teams win championships and that's how this team is built when you look at the depth in terms of offense not any one player is going to kill you or any one player could kill you on any given night um so pick take your pick cool you shut that down guy i that guy down i got another five that could do the same thing it's a good way to look at it gives me more positive vibes too that way yeah it's something that and we keep we constantly talk about how the islanders have no offense like they're not scoring enough goals well Maybe they don't have like two forty goal scorers, but they've got seven twenty plus goal scorers. I don't know, man. That works out pretty well. Yeah, that's. I'll t- I'll take that any any day, any day for sure. Um, so with that, how about getting into some of those prospects, Mitch? I know we got some news. Let's do it. All right. So Carl Adams, that's the big one. Signed his two year ELC with the New York Islanders just today. Woo. Although that it's only made official today, apparently he signed it a little while ago. I I, I had read that he had signed it, I think even a like last week. So I don't know why they waited till today to make it official. I guess they just waited for the trade deadline to calm down before they made it official. Official. Yeah, maybe that could make sense. It's Lou. We we know he holds. We know he holds that stuff, right? The Schneider, the Matt Martin. Uh, what other deals were signed last year? Uh, not the Barzi one, but another one that wasn't filed in right away. Uh, we know he does that stuff. Andy Green, that was the one. Uh, so he's coming in. In terms of my rankings, he's the 15th ranked prospect in our system. Uh, that sounds low, and, and it is. Uh, but he's played NCHC hockey, which is still fairly high in the NCAA rankings. Uh, but that that's not going to kind of jive with a lot of these players who are playing NHL. Like, consider this. Like, Oliver Wallstrom, Kiefer Bellows, and Noah Dobson are still considered prospects in terms of my rankings. Soon they will not be, so that would bump them up another three slots. Um, but he's he's playing at a lower caliber than some of these other players. But I, I suspect that when he starts at the AHL level, which could very well be this year if he signs an ATO, that he's going to be a, a good player for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Okay. That's good, just adding more organizational depth. Yeah. The interesting thing with his contract is that the uh, AAV is 800000 on that two-year ELC, and it's not nine hundred and twenty-five, dollars uh, which is still the max for ELC. I believe it jumps up to $1 million dollars or nine seventy-five. I think, next year. Um, so to me, that says that he, didn't ha- he wasn't haggling over the money, right? Because if there's any sort of negotiation, you'd assume that Lou would just be like, all right, cool, I'll just give you the nine twenty-five. Whatever, it's the skin off my back. You're not going to play at the NHL level anyways. Yeah, but he didn't. So to me, that means there wasn't much of a haggling process involved, and this was all kind of smooth sailings. He wasn't even thinking about testing free agency on August fifteenth. Okay, that's good. Obviously, this is all speculation, but like when you look at these clues, you're like, all right, yeah, no, that's no, that's kind of just reading between the lines, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, two more that I want to talk about: Rushland, sorry, Rushland Iskakov, whose regular season just ended today. Uh, will now start the playoffs for the the uh, sorry TPS in La Liga, not La Liga. That's the Spanish football league in the SM Liga. He had 38 points in, over the regular season. Ranks him in the top 20. Uh, sorry, the top 25 in league scoring, which sounds not that great. But consider a lot of those players are bunched together at like 38, 39, 40 points. Um, he was two points off the top 10. Sorry, three points off the top 10. Let's just put it that way. So, like, he's a really good player at the finish level. I suspect he will he will be here next year uh, with the Sound Tigers. Okay, that's good. We'll take that. Yeah, that's another center, not big center though. Like, so you've got Colin Adams five nine, Russian Liskakov five nine, one seventy. Each of them, I think, I maybe add five or six pounds to each of those guys. Like, they're not big, 
but my god are they talented yeah uh, i'll i'll take it exactly give me give me some more skill in here yeah and then Robin Sallow is the last one that I want. Well, sorry, I got two more after that. I forgot about Bodie Wild. Uh, Robin Sallow had two points tonight for Oribro. And by tonight, I mean like Swedish tonight. Um, he has four points in three games in the playoffs now. So my man is doing uh, a lot of work for Oribro to help them uh, get into the, not into the playoffs, but get past the first round. Because they come in ranked sixth and they're facing off the third place team. And they're now up 3-0 and they just punked them 7-1 today. So, Ooh. yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're likely going on to the second round and we'll see what happens there. Like They have a good team and Robin Salo is factoring into that team heavily. OK, that that gives me some good vibes then, because if he's a major factor on one of the best teams in that league, then I mean, more power to him. That's a good sign for the Islanders. Yeah, Putting up points, playing up big minutes at five on five and the power play, just getting it done everywhere. This guy's. Get him over here. Let's go. Uh, last one, Bodie Wild, as I said, has back-to-back games with a goal. Uh, so, which doesn't sound like, oh my god, you know, stop the presses. But like this guy was having a hard time getting on the score sheet, and he's finally figuring it out. Um, he he plays well. He skates well. He's got vision. It just hasn't been working out for him, uh, and now it seems that he's in a more comfortable niche and he's getting into holes, he's getting into gaps and he's tossing pucks towards net and they're finding twine. I'll take it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's going to factor at the NHL level next year. I think someone like Samuel Budzik and Robin Salovic very much, very well could, uh, but Bodie Wild will not be far behind. Yeah. I still like Bodie Wild. I thought he was someone who should have went in the first round of his draft a few years ago. Yeah. So it was kind of a steal for us to pick him up. It's been a slow development at the pro level, but this guy's got size and talent. He's 6'3", 200 pounds. He's not a small guy at all. Nope. And he's a right-hander, so that's even better. Uh, Even more value for some reason. They they love the righties. Yeah, so good stuff. There there isn't anyone else that I kind of wanted to bring up unless there's anyone you, you wanted to talk about. No, that I was very glad to hear about each one of those guys. Ruslan Ishkakov is someone who... Uh, intrigues me. I don't know if he's going to really get too much of a chance at the NHL level, but I like his upside. Yeah, I think if he does make the NHL level, it's not going to be as a center. I, I really don't see him as a center. Yeah, I've seen the the Josh Hosang comparisons with him in, in terms of uh, like the, the skating and playmaking, kind of. Yeah, so d- different type of player let's say like um mentally let's just say that where uh, like he's not coming in um like josh was saying he knows was a cocky guy coming into the nhl russian list very much not um but highly skilled highly skilled player just small he's not really that great in face-offs uh which is a problem but uh good player he plays net front for tps on the power play at his size, I'm surprised. At his size. He's just that good with the puck. Like, when the puck falls to the ice, he is really good at picking it up and getting it somewhere, whether on net or to an open teammate. Okay, I'll take it. Just really, really skilled player. Sure. Just get him in here. Let's see, let's see some more of him. So Yeah, more skill, please. With that, shall we get into the quiz for this week, Mitch? Yes, let's do it. As we do every week, I have a mystery New York Islander for you, Matt, and you at home to guess. You have five clues. They get progressively easier as we go along. Uh, Obviously, this has something to do with 191. Uh, So, Matt, are you ready? Yes, let's do it. All right, clue number one. I have played for six different NHL teams. Next. I was traded three times in my career with 17 players being swapped across all three trades. That's a 5.6 players per trade average. Next. Three. I have a hall I have Hall of Fame numbers, but with no cups and only one trophy, I probably won't get in. Pierre Turgeon? Correct. Ah, it was too easy. There you go. That third one. Yeah. Um, four is I won Lady Bing as an Islander in 92-93 with 58 goals, 132 points, and 26 penalty minutes. And Dale Hunter separated my shoulder in the 93 playoffs after I scored a goal. 
Yeah, that'll do it. And Mitch's favorite. My favorite. This is my man. I love him. I have a jersey autographed. I met him. Just absolute, absolute beaut. There we go. So with that, let's get into the social segment. What do we got going around on Isles Twitter, Mitch? So I have a 2-4. Um, and I just want to make sure, not a 2-4. Sorry, that's something different here in Canada. I have a 2 for, Uh So it's two things, 4-1. Okay. I just want to make sure I get the order right. Uh, okay, here's the first one. So this one comes from Matteo Gardella. I'm sure you've all come across this one right now. And it says, Islanders fans love saying Matt Barzell is the best player in New York. Like, bro, he ain't even top three. Crying emoji. And it's uh, Artemi, a screenshot of Artemi Panarin having 42 points. Uh, Adam Fox, 37 points. Ryan Strom, 37 points. And Matthew Barzell with 35 points. Uh, and then the, the second part of this is a tweet from NHL Watcher that came out today that says, Top 5, 5-on-5 five five scoring leaders. McDavid, 36 points. Matthews, 34 points. Marner, 34 points. Dreisaitl, 31. Matthew Barzell, 30. Huh. So, I don't see Artemi Panarin, Adam Fox, or what's-his-face Jerome in that top 5 list of 5-on-5 five five scoring in the league. So can we can we have that discussion again? Because as far as I'm concerned, Matthew Barzell is one of the better players at five on five in the NHL. And last I checked, five on five is the majority of the game, is it not? Yes. It, it, more often than not, yes. So again, Matthew Barzell is not only the better player in New York, he's the better player, one of the better players in the entire league, in the entire sport. So Come at me again with those terrible, terrible, oh, well, we have more points than you. Just look at the standings, bro. And you'll see that that doesn't really add up. That's a very that's a very good point. And also, I, I don't get the Strom comparison. That, that one, I, I know he puts up a bucket of points. But look at who he's playing with on the lo- on a line. He's playing with Panarin, man. That's going to make a huge difference. And again, like... Like Barzell, 30 of his 35 points are coming at five on five. Just imagine, this is one of the things I wanted to bring up when I teased it earlier. Imagine if Barzell had a competent power play to play on. That's a completely different game. And and of course, like someone could then say, well, like, and obviously someone listening to this probably won't like, well, shouldn't Matthew Barzell be the one helping it be competent, as you say? Uh, of course, yes. But like there are five guys out there and he can't do everything on his own all the time. No. He can't, and that's become evident right now. So, and, and like, he's been good on the power play. It just seems that like coaching is not helping this team. No, definitely on not. On the power play, that is. Correct. Yes, not overall, just on the on the man advantage. <laughs> yes. I mean, we want to make that abundantly clear. Yes, please. Um, first one for me is from Yes Men Outfitters. May have heard of them. Um, so, actually, I should probably go to the tweet before this. So, they go... Who's next? And it's a quote tweet from Nick Giordano, who got a tattoo of their like skeleton fisherman mm. skater, which looks sick, by the way. And then he quotes Devin quote tweets that and says, I guess it was me or no, it was me. I was next. And it's the skater again with the, the skeleton. And it says never lose under it is a phenomenal looking tattoo. I don't have any tattoos, but if I were to get one, something like this would be so sick. I love it. I, it's a big fan. It's Gordon, is it not? Or Gordon? Yes. Yeah, Gordon's um, fisherman. Just I would get the goalie one. That that one. Something about being a goalie for me, it sticks out. They they got he just standing with the two pads and like the you know holding the stick and the glove out and the the, the skull face. Love it. I, I I would get that. Yeah, it looks it looks really really good. So just want shout out to Devin and Yes Men for that one that awesome design and two for putting that on your body. Big thing, like love Yes Men. I'm wearing the hoodie right now. I got the lace hoodie. I oh, always wear it. My wife just always is like, when are you gonna take that off? Like I'm not. <laughs> just just I'm gonna wash it and then I'm gonna put it right back on again. That's really it. Bury me in this. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, my last one here is from Michael Clink who says, when you are scrolling through the channel guide and just remember that the Islanders are on TV tomorrow, thumbs up, happy face. Yes, it's been it's been a while, right? Three days feels like three weeks yes. right now. Far, far too long. I am, I'm itching for it. That's for yeah. sure. And I, I wanted to bring this up for not only because of that, but also that the last time the Islanders had a break, 
they came out of that break on fire. Yes, they, they went ten two and two in that stretch. They put up a bunch of goals, and they only have fourteen games left after this break. So, that like, could bode well. They could use this to power them into. They're already really good, but like to a next a next level, and like just, even just think about the guys like Cal Palmieri and Travis Ajak. Who could use this time, and I guess to another extent, Brayden Coburn, who can use this three-day break to kind of figure out where they fit in the systems and how they can do their best. That's a great point. My last one comes from Christian underscore W underscore W underscore. Um, And he says to the Long Island Railroad engineer that was doing the Let's Go Islanders beep, 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 beep horn with the train whistle while passing UBS Arena, we hear you. Awesome. I want to meet that crane conductor and shake their hand because that is tremendous. That's good stuff, man. I have all day for that kind of stuff. That it goes to show you, it's not just like this insular little community anymore, right? It's growing until a point where like you're hearing the beeps on the train. Outstanding. Love it. So just wanted to throw that out there because that's really cool. We're growing, man. We're growing as a fan base. Love it. Sweet. So let's get some plugs in here before we go, Mitch. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, please make sure to give a subscribe, a rating, and review. That really helps us out a lot, and we appreciate all the love and support. You can also check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. For $5 a month, you can get post-game shows for each and every game. You can get a mailbag show, which you're about to record. Uh, you can get a prediction, pregame predictions uh, whole lots of conversation and a, a really great community of Islanders fans over there. Yeah, getting into the mailbag right after this. I can't wait. I don't know how many are in there, but I, I put one. One of my questions was, if you, would you trade a full box of Oreos, double-stuffed Oreos, for a full carton of Rolo ice cream? Don't answer. That's something you can get on the Patreon mailbag. Ooh. Okay. Amazing yeah. content. <laughs> yeah, put, a pin, put a pin in that uh, if you're interested to check it out. Uh, also, you can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary and why Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can visit the website, Eyes on Isles.com for all your New York Islanders needs and download the fan sided app where you can get Eyes on Isles there right on your phone and get push notifications. Beauty. Let's go click on the site multiple times a day. Please, please, please. <laughs> love it that's going to do it for us on 190 we will catch you next week with episode 192 but for now i am matt o'leary he's mitch anderson and we'll talk to you next time enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc